0: Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. An organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down here comes a 1-2 pitch. Yeah! The Sox win the World Series! 5-1 the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018!
1: The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5 to 1. They win the World Series Four games to one and the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century
2: with four world championships Can you believe it? So the Pesky Podcast I am your host the Ritt and with you, I've got one hell of a crew today I got of course my man DC. I've got Melissa aka Socks addict. What's going on? And no no, this is not ITM. But we got Joey Capone, man. What's going on guys?
1: Hey, thanks for having me on guys. I really appreciate it.
2: Hey, the pleasure is all ours, of course. So, man, let the, the socks are a 500 bu- no, we ball. I appreciate it coming on. So, Sox are a 500 ball team, and offense only, we we got to be the one of the best teams in baseball. But you throw out our pitching, our some our horrendous defense we have in the infield, and it takes us straight back down to 500. So, DC, uh, well, what are your thoughts so far on the Red Sox season and the Red Sox uh, past couple games?
0: you say D.C.? D.C., yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
2: the, don't be it oh, yeah, kind of
0: Cut out. Because I know last when we had uh, Sox Attic on Melissa um, last show, I said that uh, it would be fair that um, that they'd be over 500. So I need a, I need them to take two out of three from the Guardians to, to keep that alive. Obviously, not the start that I wanted. Um, losing the ball sucked. Uh Pitching has been pretty horrendous, if you ask me. But I'm going to say – positive it's the first month of the season it's i mean i'm I'm just going to be optimistic man that's all i'm going to say right now
2: melissa what about you so far
3: i feel the same um i mean i've had some surprises like i i honestly thought we would have done worse in some ways and then we've done worse and better you know so it's um i mean i'm i'm upset with all the injuries it's not fun and I feel like we'll always have injuries it's kind of like the curse <laughs> or something so yeah
2: so Joey what about you man 500 baseball
1: I mean that seems about perfect for what the team is they've been about they've been exactly 500 through 10 games and then I think they were exactly 500 through I think it was 16 or 18 and now they're 500 again through 26 when they're bats get going the pitching doesn't have it when the pitching has it the bats don't get going Mm -hmm. it feels like everybody in the lineup is a 50 50 coin flip whether or not they're going to show up any given night so 500 seems exactly appropriate for what they are Mm -hmm.
3: uh
1: so I, i think at this point given how bad your rotation in particular has been you're kind of lucky to be 500 because you needed one of the best lineups in baseball to be keeping you 500, and that's what they've been doing.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and speaking of that rotation, let's just start right there. We're going to talk about Chris Sale's uh, performance this in his last outing, which was a first time ever in his career, zero Ks. The only other time that it happened was when he uh, was pitching against the Yankees and. He took the comeback into his finger. So uh I went and tweeted this out, you know, halfway through. I said Sale's gotta be tipping his pitches. There is no way that the Orioles team can see Chris Sale that well, and he he gets no K's at all. Joey, well, what are your thoughts about Chris Sale's last performance?
1: Uh well, I was thinking a similar thing uh i don't know if i wanted to entirely jump to the conclusion that they m- that he must be tipping but i thought it was a possibility i saw spear tweet that they did look over the footage and that cora and the video team and sale all came to the conclusion that he wasn't tipping which sucks because that just means that his stuff was seeable and hittable mm-hmm. and uh that's way worse i really wish the answer was no nah, he was tipping and they saw when a slider was coming and Whatever, and they were laying off the stuff that slipped out of the zone, but that just wasn't the case. they they were just seeing him. Uh, Chris Sale is going to be frustrating for a while. He already has been frustrated frustrating for a while to the average sox fan. I don't see that changing tomorrow. For years, I think the less tolerant Sox fans wrote him off entirely and said, screw him. He can't stay healthy. He's not really a part of this team anymore. He's never going to be Chris Sale of 2018 again and completely shut him out, closed the book on Chris Sale. And I think the more patient fans, myself included, said, like, let's wait and see. Let's see what a full, healthy season of Sale looks like. There's no reason that he can't come back. You know, his, his damage wasn't structural. So he should be able to get right back there. The velo is up. He's had rest. You know, he's not as old as people think he is. So let's just get a full healthy season of Chris sale. And now that it looks like we're getting that, or at least we're off to the start of that. It sucks because the, the conversation is now shifting to, Oh no, is this the new Chris sale? And not because he missed time, not because he had some damage, but just, and not because he's too old, but just, is this the new Chris sale? And how long of a leash does he get? Not just game to game, but over the course of the season, how long can you maintain an eleven-two-five ERA? Or I mean, I think it's down a little bit now after that one good start. But how long can you maintain a borderline double-digit ERA and remain in the rotation when there's so many guys vying for spots in that rotation off strictly name and uh, contract size? I don't think it happens tomorrow. But I think – and I don't want to jump to any massive conclusions because this is just feeling them out and it's only been a handful of starts. But when you have, what, five starts under your belt and four of them are bad and one of them is good? That is yeah. that to me is honestly worst case scenario because that's every five starts. He's going to be giving, is he going to be giving you a reason to keep him in the rotation and give you these little glimpses of what he could be to just maintain his spot, but never really contribute to wins. It's frustrating. It's deflating, but I'm trying not to jump to too big of a conclusion and get to, uh,
2: uh,
1: pull the trigger too quick on how I feel. But right now it's very frustrating
2: yeah uh man it's I was all watching spring training Chris sale you know with the with this him smiling having a good time like that was like okay I can get behind this Chris sale but it's it's almost like he's not mentally prepared not mentally there so when he has to click it in to okay it's beast mode. He's not able to do that for some reason, and it worries me a little bit where, especially with Baltimore, being able to see him as well as they did, it's like, man, I'm, I'm a little worried about him. But like you said, it's it's still just a handful of starts. You know, we still got a whole uh, season to play yet. DC, I know you're a big Chris Sale uh, advocate, so what did you think about his performance last with the Orioles?
0: Well, I, I mean, I think I don't know if I joked on it on the podcast with you, Josh, but I know we talked about it, uh, you know, off the air. Um, I, I I take the blame to be honest with you, as far as that. Uh, every time I bet, sucks, they lose. So I thought, you know what? I won't take the money line. I'll take the over on the, the sale strike. I needed I need seven strikeouts, which was you know ballsy, but and he gets zero for the first time. So I'm gonna just give him a little pass. But no, on a serious note. I'm, I'm going to stay patient. I'm going to remain pay- patient. Uh, one quality start out of the first five is not very uh, promising. Um, he hasn't made too many starts over the last three years, so I'm trying to keep. But I mean, talk to me in maybe like beginning of June. You know, see how his next five starts if they go the same way, and I might kind of pull the alarm. But I'm going to stay patient. I'm going to you know this storm. But uh, it is concerning. It is frustrating, like Joey said. Um, I mean, I you got so used to seeing that Chris Sale, you know, when we first got him from Chicago, then you know what he did for us in 2008. It just sucks, it sucks seeing him in The I mean, you see him in his interviews. As of right now, I'm gonna stay patient. If we do another five starts that we just did, it, it's gonna be, yeah.
2: Okay, Sox addict. Less so, what what do you think about the performance overall?
3: Um, yeah, that it was frustrating. Um I, he was struggling, I think, and but I think I think he's gonna figure it out. I'm hoping he just gets a group that's but I try to just be optimistic. That's just me. Everybody knows that. But um um I think that he still cares like he cares, obviously. I mean and that's okay. Like a, I love it. <laughs> and that, that was you know. But uh so I think that as long as he cares, maybe he gets in that groove and um then I think I think I don't know i just don't want to see more of that i like joey's that i would rather it not be you know every once in a while that he shows up that the real chris sale shows up so.
2: yeah
1: dc i'll i'll take some blame with you bro not necessarily not on the chris sale start but on the cory kluber one i'll take credit for him going uh in, and just having the best outing of the year so far. so flip side of, w- of what you were doing. Cause I bet on him having over one and a half walks over two and a half runs earned over, uh, hey. Oh, it's under four and a half strikeouts. And it was, I took, I just bet against Corey Kluber in every way possible. And he came out on top. So I can't say <laughs> I'm going to do it again, but I totally get that. Like you, you think like, Oh, like this is the time this guy has found it. Or in Cory Kluber's case, like this guy will not find it. And then just flipping a switch, but what's frustrating to type back to Chris Sale here is that neither of them have have the ability, it seems yet, to just stay where you want them to stay,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: that's super frustrating from your one and two. If that's happening from your three and four starters, mm-hmm. you can get away with that, and like you know, hopefully your one and two can save your bullpen a little bit, and you know, your three or four guy goes four and a third. Who cares? That's all right. Get out of here, Mia. Maybe next time around, bro. We got the bullpen all warmed up. We're good to go. But when you're one and two are struggling to regularly go four or five innings, that's going to screw up everything. So now your bottom of the rotation, guys, your guys who are called up from Worcester, your Cutter Crawfords, your, you know, uh, Wink's, I don't think Wink has got to start this year. Is he? I don't think he no. has. But, no. you know, those kind of guys, those Worcester call-up guys that are making starts at the bottom of your rotation now have a depleted bullpen behind them too. Mm-hmm. So it, it screws up everything, even on days where they're not pitching. Uh, and it shouldn't be the case. I don't think you necessarily need Sale to be dominant because your lineup is so strong. But what you can't do is just let him go four and a third and, you know, no Ks tons of balls in play like that's exactly what you don't want from him that's like the only option on the table that you can't get from him so from him to for him to come out of his best start of the year and give you that is super deflating it just took the wind right out of my sales my Chris sale sales <laughs> uh, and, and yeah I don't I don't uh now going forward for a while I'm gonna have zero expectation around so
2: yeah <laughs> man it- I'm just kind of glad that DC, you and Joey kind of balanced balanced us out a little bit, you know, We're going from Sale to Kluber, because when I was watching Kluber pitch, I was like, "Dude, I'm like, wait, is that really Corey Kluber out there pitching? Because it did not look like him." You know, the last time I seen Kluber pitch like that was was what on the Indians?
1: Yeah, it was back when he was Kluber.
2: Yeah. You Know n- n- now he's clue bot, and you know, m- maybe maybe someone upgraded his uh, program. <laughs> so
1: I heard that's the one thing he doesn't like.
3: Yeah, he isn't doesn't. I heard he, heard he doesn't like being called that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Just,
1: of all the things, that's like the one thing. That yeah, good job, bro. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Right,
0: it's burn, burn <laughs> that bridge. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> well, it, I'm, not gonna, I'm, not, I'm not hating on him, but he kind of received strike. <laughs> A guy that's reminds me of the dude that, like, teaches and then coaches, like, basketball right after. There's nothing wrong with that, but, like, it just looks like, I, I don't know. Maybe he reminds me of my coach, to be honest with you. He
1: does He does kind of remind me of a guy you'd run into at the bar that's there alone. You know, that you'd, you'd turn to and he'd be like, oh, Miller yeah, light, huh? And you're like, oh, dude, please don't start up a conversation with me, bro. I'm <laughs> trying to. Hang out with my friends, and I'm going to be stuck at the bar with this bar fly. You, like the bartenders all, like you know, don't accept credit cards from him anymore. He does kind of remind me of that, which is different than what you said, but in the same vein. Like he could have come from the AAU basketball coaching to come do that. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: but uh, yeah, next time, He it- just
0: had a rough tournament, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. The,
2: the, that he almost got turned down for a gym teacher job. <laughs> So th- n- now that now that you know Kluber's never going to want to be on the podcast I thought about ever. it to be honest
0: with you. i thought
2: about doing it <laughs> So uh, next topic uh it seems to me like Alex Cora yeah. and a lot of a lot of people are either for uh, AC or against them but no matter what he seems to bring out the best in players and he knows how to push the right buttons Uh you know look at this year we have Verdugo going off at the leadoff spot, uh, Jaron Duran has seemed to find stuff, uh, and be able to play Major League Baseball at a level that we all expected him to. Uh, he, he's done stuff in the past, you know, talking to people uh, over and over again. So we're, let's start with, uh, with you, DC, about Alex Cora. What are your thoughts on, on him being able to, to coach and bring out the best? and his players and the team he has.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of has to do with that is, um, I mean, he has experience as a player in MLB, so, you know, he knows what it takes to, you know, what you need to bring to the table as a player. Um, he knows his players very well in and out, um, you know, just based off, you know, seeing him in the media or, you know, reading stories about him or, you know, seeing him on TV. i knows how to connect with each player in a different way. He's done that, and I've read multiple times that he's still very, very close with uh, Carlos Correa. Um, He's just good at connecting, and I think, obviously, too, is his – I mean, John Carroll brought a a championship for us, but I don't think he was, you know, player favorite. And then, you know, Valentine before him or Valentine or whatever you want to call him, um, you know, he didn't have too many big shoes to fill as far as that. So, you you know, he reminds me of a guy like Terry Francona. He's a player's coach. He knows how to reach out. He knows how to motivate players. I think about his comments about Verdugo at the end of the year, about how this year he really needs to you know, make that extra step. And, um, you know, he, the, the interview that Verdugo had about, you know, he said that kind of lit a fire under his ass. That's what he needed to hear. It sucked to hear it, but it's what he needed to hear. Um, I, I've always been a, a, big, a big AC fan. Um, obviously, you know, the stuff that happened in 2017 is another story. But, uh, you know, what he's done here has been awesome. I was glad that they brought him back after the suspension. And he's just – I think he's awesome with the players. The players, they, re- they you know, they play in. And, uh, I mean, it starts from the top, you know what I mean, um, you know, from the manager down. So, I think we're very lucky to have him. You know, I, I may not agree with all of his moves as far as, you know, bullpen moves or, you know, stuff like that at the end of the game. But – I think he in, in that aspect he knocks it out of the park with uh relating to his players and getting the most out of them.
2: Yeah. Uh Melissa, what what are your thoughts on this?
3: Just to add to that um the way he communicates. I mean he just that's one of his um strengths is communicating with them and no you know I mean because he the things he said to like Verdugo last year could have I mean it just depend he knew he could say that to Verdugo and Verdugo take that and, and use that. So I think he's just good at communicating with them for sure.
1: Joey, you're up, my man. Yeah, he's also literally good at communicating with them because he's bilingual.
3: So yeah, I think that, that's that, like a – That too. A, it definitely helps. It definitely helps.
1: It, yeah, no, it, it really does. Because, I mean, think about, you know, 2015-16 t- and how many Latin players are on that team – And picture John Farrell trying to say, "Oh look, cómo estás, qué pasa mis amigos." Like it just doesn't. There's no anything there. (laughs) Like how do you how do you be managed by a guy who like you don't even share a language with? So I think I think being a bilingual manager, MLB should be borderline mandatory. Yeah,
3: definitely.
1: That I think that's a huge aspect of it, and I think also Cora. Cora was a guy that before he got the job, I didn't think about much. You know, it was he wasn't a guy who I looked back and thought, like, oh, like Red Sox legend, Alex Core. But now that he's back around again, he carries himself like an alumni who has mattered to this team. He carries himself like his his stats are a lot better than they are. And I feel like I could say that to his face. So I I feel okay saying that. But um, he he just has this air about him like I've been there. Like I've been there so I can talk to you guys like this. Yeah, I've been there so I can tell you what works and what doesn't. And um, he also doesn't manage like his job is on the line, Mm -hmm. which I think is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I think he has a comfort in the front office that they want him there. And I think he knows well and good that like, yeah, no, I'm here and I'm, I'm managing. I'm comfortable. I'm cool. I'm calm. He doesn't have to uh be on the edge of his seat and think like what do they want me to do what was going to get me you know, the most longevity here he just shoots from the hip and i think part of that is that he has said openly he doesn't want to do this forever mm-hmm. so I, I the fact that he's not trying to please anybody else and he's like no i think i know what's best and i think i know what these guys want to hear i think i know what works best on the field and what doesn't and then i'm gonna just bring my best uh lends itself to being the best that you can be. When you like let your guard down and you are truly yourself, it's probably when you're gonna do the best job, kind of no matter what the job is, unless you're mm-hmm. I don't know, a scientist, in which case like follow the formula. Yeah, don't don't rely on what yeah. your gut tells you. Yeah. There's there's a few of those. If you're working in like a nuclear rate reactor or something, yeah. Press the right buttons. But uh baseball managers good job to follow, follow your gut. Uh and on top of that, on top of that, on top of that, he is also a guy who rides the line in terms of age where he still feels like one of the guys when he wants to. So, like, the his ability to open up and, and get loose with the guys and feel like one of the guys
3: mm-hmm.
1: and his ability to put his foot down and say, like, no, this is what you're doing and, like, maybe give some tough love yeah. to a guy or mm-hmm. or tell somebody that what they're doing is wrong and I don't not in the business of naming names, but I know he's done that with a few guys who are on this roster right now. Mm -hmm. he gave them some tough love last year. And the two guys that I'm thinking of, I'm not going to name them both have turned it around this year. Mm -hmm. And I I think you can take some guesses as to who they are, but like he, he laid down the like, no, I'm not going to take that shit here. Like, that's not, Mm -hmm. that's not who we are. That's not the way we play this game. So, uh, you know, Tighten it up if you're gonna be on Boston Red Sox. Uh I, I think across the board, I mean, I don't know who else I would want managing this team, and I I have this this weird um uh pre sadness, pre upsetness of like what is the guy who has to fill Alex Cora's shoes gonna be? Yeah, yeah. what does that guy have to do? Because because mm-hmm. he's so likable, he's so honest, he's so forthcoming uh i would hate to be the guy who has to follow his shoes fortunately i don't think that i'm gonna have to to, uh to worry about that too much for myself but uh man I, i love cora and i think anybody who rags on him just has only read headlines
3: exactly
2: yeah uh personally 2018 i was the guy after the first game that was like dude get rid of this guy and then look what th- then look what happened. Like after that first game, and I said that, and Cora I trust. Like, that's <laughs> it. Like, I can't sit there and, and go out there and be like, oh, well, well why do you, why do you put uh you know Brazier out there for two innings? He knows what he's doing. I, I just gotta follow suit. So
3: I still there. wonder. <laughs>
2: That one's fair.
1: That one's fair. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm like, I still wonder yeah. that.
1: Why? Think, during spring wow. training, though, there were a lot of folks who were like, Oh, like, what do you think the lineup should look like? And I went on some podcasts that asked me, like, oh, like build the lineup. And I told them I was like, Cora knows better than me. So, like, there's no reason for me to do this. Like, we can mm-hmm. speculate about what Korra may think, but like I'm not going to yeah. build like what I think is the best because mm. there is a better one and it's whatever Alex Cora builds.
2: Yep. Yeah. So uh but th- yeah, I I love how Alex Cora, like when Jaron Duran didn't make uh, the MLB roster to start the season, he he, he gave him the advice, just just play, just have fun. And I don't know, Jaron Duran's having some some a lot of fun in the majors now, you know, and his bat is helping us out extraordinary in that lineup right now. So <clears throat> next topic we're gonna it was kind of a, a, a little different one. The Red Sox hurting future starting pitchers, which I just now realized I misspelled the word pitchers. But anyways, <laughs> uh, a, a, a lot of the Red Sox starting pitchers that are the future of this team are in the bullpen. Uh, do you guys think that it could hurt them in the long run? Or do you think it's just going to help them? Uh, Melissa, let's start with you.
3: I don't think it's going to hurt them. Like, like, like Joey just said, AC knows what he's doing, and he's got a reason for it. So I don't think it's going to hurt him.
2: Okay.
1: Joey? Uh, I'm curious who you have in mind. Because the only guy that comes to mind is Winkowski. And he had a shot starting, and he's been nails in the bullpen. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious who you got in mind when you're talking about this topic.
2: Uh, Me personally, it's Cutter Crawford. Uh, I think Cutter Crawford, by like shortening his innings and shortening his opportunity, trying to stretch him out, then when needed, might be a problem. Uh, I think, and like Winkowski, Winkowski, he worked on a lot of his mechanics, and I think he could easily be stretched out to five, six innings, you know, if need be, in a spot start. But Cutter Crawford, I sit there and think he's he's still young. And I, I just don't like the fact of playing hot potato, bullpen start, bullpen start, because then you could end up like uh, Tanner Houck or Whitlock, where you end up having to have some sort of surgery or getting injured uh, going back and forth.
1: I get that. I, hate, I don't like the idea of moving guys back and forth. I mean, Whitlock is a golden shining example of uh, why you don't move guys back and forth to change their responsibility, to change their workload, to change their routine is the biggest one. Cause all of these guys, I mean, I'm not breaking any news to you guys. Every single guy on the 40 man is a psycho when it comes to their routine. Yeah. Be it sunbathing in right field or be it, you know, Whatever Chris Sale does, eating nails and headbutting drywall—I don't know. Like <laughs> they, everybody has, like their thing that yeah. they do. And to make Garrett Whitlock go from yeah, like every five days, get on your get in your on your system and know what you do on day two, day three, day four. And uh, also sometimes now, actually, you know, you're back in the bullpen. We're going to need you every two days. You're going to throw an inning. Every three days, you're going to throw two innings. Is is banana lands and you're going to screw guys up. Cutter Crawford, though, I think I think Cutter Crawford has been more up and down than we think of. Because right now he's looking pretty good. He had that six and a third relief appearance, which is essentially a start. We can call that a start. But he's not some prospect. He's not twenty one. He's twenty seven. Like he's not a prospect. He's had his moment here. He's he's had a few opportunities. I believe that he's probably going to stick around this time although he might kind of be on the taxi squad a little bit this year, that at, at least next year he's probably going to be in your rotation. Uh, but he he doesn't show massive variable numbers from one to the other. I think that he's a guy who's just still trying to earn his, his spot on the big league club permanently. Last year when he first came up, he had a baseball savant page that I cannot <clears throat> properly express to you guys. It was every single category was like fifth percentile and down. It was the worst baseball oh. savant I've ever seen. And it was through like, I want to say four or five outings. And I remember sitting at Fenway with Steve and we looked at the savant page together and we laughed and we're like, what is he doing here? <laughs> like, how can you possibly be touting this guy out here? And granted, like that's changing up his routine to bring him up and whatever. And you give a guy a little bit of leeway, but beyond him it's tough for me to find a guy that I'm like oh well you're squandering this guy's opportunity and the only other guy who you know is in the bullpen right now who might have had you know a starter position was was wink and he like he, he was there and I kind of love what he's doing now as a reliever I don't really want to change that up I also said the same thing about Whitlock so The Sox have a proclivity for taking guys who are good in the bullpen and sticking them in the rotation. So do I expect to see Josh as a starter this year? Probably. But uh, I don't know if they're squandering opportunity as much as they are kind of just screwing with guys. I wish that they would leave guys alone when they're doing well. And I hope that they have chosen to do that with Wink. I also hope that they've chosen to do it with Whitlock and leaving him in the rotation so they don't go back and forth. Because like you said, Ritt, that's just the worst thing you can do to a
0: pitcher
2: yeah definitely dc uh, what are your thoughts
0: yeah I, mean, I agree with uh with melissa and joey um other than wink i don't i don't see anybody that that really we're really hurting to be honest with you um and if it's not broke don't fix it right as far as wink he's been like he's been pretty lights out in the in the bullpen and and we need that with the, the way our starting pitcher has been going um I think eventually we do get more out of Kluber. Like I said, I'm going to be optimistic. and I think that kind of shores up that with Paxton coming back shortly here. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really see an overall deficit to their, their growth and all that. Um, the touch with Joey said, the Whitlock thing, I think that, that bothers me still. I, I wish they would have just kept him where he was at. The, the bouncing back and forth screwed him up. But, yeah, overall, I don't i I think uh, – I think you got to put the best players out there and it's kind of like, you know, you fill the holes where you need the needs and links tearing it up in the bullpen. I am a fan of Cutter Crawford. He made some big starts for us last year, but I don't know if, if he can, you know, do that for a full season in the rotation. That's what scares me is the consistency with him. Overall. I, I just, I don't think it's, it's hindering any growth or development. Uh, and, you know, not to, you know, steal what they both, what uh, AC is doing. And, um, like I said, I know I didn't highlight that. I, sometimes I question it, but I'm not the manager of the Boston Red Sox. I'm I'm sitting here talking about the Boston Red Sox, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what AC does, you know.
2: Hey, uh, we gotta sit there and follow AC. He's the one that leads us in the battle. So, but no, I I, I sit there and I, I just I just wish they would give Cutter and Wink their roles and let them just ride because I don't want to see them end up like Tanner Houck did last year and Whitlock where they're bouncing back and forth. And then all of a sudden we lose them for a couple months because we can't afford that right now, especially with our starting pitcher, you know, the way it is. So. It's ugly the
1: way it is. It's very ugly the way it is. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We got to, definitely keep uh, those guys healthy
2: so but let, let let's turn let's turn to the the power of positivity the next topic is what will the lineup look like when it's fully healthy this season so we're looking at trevor's story you know it's funny you know i i know what you're gonna say dc but go ahead
0: <laughs> i wanted to Actually, laugh when Joe talking about and they talked about a projected (laughs) loss. I remember seeing for the you know for like one of the next topics, and I I wanted to chuckle a little bit, but I (laughs) don't want to cut anybody off. But we're just gonna speculate.
2: Yeah, yes, pure speculation. So, but uh, the ball's out right now. Trevor Story's out. Of course, we got Christian Arroyo out. Uh, oh no no, Arroyo's not out.
1: He's Chang, hanging in there,
2: playing Chang, through it. <laughs> Chang's out. So Chang's out. We're we're looking. Uh, the okay if Duran keeps going the way he's going, does he get center field over Adam Devall when he comes back? Joey, what are your thoughts?
1: All right, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna open a little discussion board here. Does Jaron Duran maintain that until July or August? Uh,
2: I got I got to go with yeah. I got yeah, to go. okay. Uh, I'll go uh, I gotta uh, I gotta go with the the hot bet. Uh, he he's he's playing like he wants to have fun, but he's playing that he's playing now like he should have played during spring training instead of going off to playing the WBC and he's earning his spot on the Boston Red Sox right now.
1: Okay, so here, here are some fun little numbies. I'm stalling while I take a sec to get them up here. Jaron Duran has played in 10 games. Mm-hmm. Adam Duvall played in eight games. Over the course of eight games, Duvall was hitting four fifty-five with a 1544 OPS. Jaron Duran hitting 400 with a 1054 OPS. Both stupidly high numbers in in both categories for both guys, right? Mm -hmm. Neither one's sustainable. Neither of them are going to hit 400 over the course of the year. So I think that's your answer, is that neither of them is consistently doing that. I think nobody, nobody came into the year thinking, God, it's going to be so hard to pick between Duvall or Durant (laughs) in center field because they're both going to be hitting 400 and they're both going to be on pace to have 55 homers. No, they're both going to have hot streaks and they're both going to have games. They're probably going to share center field. And uh, I think the one guy that you don't move all year I I think it's actually two guys is the your corner outfielders. I think Yoshi is there as mm-hmm. much as he can be while he's healthy provided that he finds it a little bit more, which I'm mm-hmm. I'm confident he will. And Verdugo you just leave. Verdugo is on pace to be an all-star. So you yes, do not definitely. touch him. Definitely. Yeah, I I think I mean Verdugo's on the on the verge of a career year, which I am just all on board for. Yes. Uh, but I I think when those guys come back, Kike, I w- this is this is my guess here, okay? I would say Kike is probably at second, story is probably at short, and then Christian is your first backup behind them. Yu Chang will probably be the backup behind them. Uh I hope that you'd never have to see Emmanuel Valdez play middle infield ever again, because <laughs> my goodness is that hard to watch
3: yes
1: (laughs) it's rough that's a a really really tough one so i hope that it never goes deeper than that again Mm -hmm. but i think that's really that's really your big changes is like it's the way it's supposed to be kike is over at second because he can do that for you because he's versatile he's athletic and he can do that trevor story is playing where he should play honestly you could flip-flop him kike had a really tough start to the year at short but there might be a case to put him at short, so that Story mm-hmm. can have a shorter throw at second.
3: Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, which one of them is going to be short, and which one's going to be second? Like, because Kike did have some rough, you know, but but Trevor Story was so good at second last year. So.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I don't think it's cut and dry. I think it's it's mm-hmm. totally up to how they perform. Mm-hmm. And I think the third piece of this this is the crazy one. Ready for this? Ready? I don't know if JT maintains uh, his spot as the DH all year. So, on days where Adam Duvall isn't playing center, putting him at DH is that an option? I don't know. We've only seen him for eight games. It's crazy to really think of that. We've saw him for eight games. Mm -hmm. So, like to get a real read on him, like what he's going to be like all year is crazy. But you know, as Duvall, Duran, Turner. I think are going to be oscillating through that that center field slash DH spot, other than JT playing center, obviously. But I think there are good there's going to be a revolving door there among those
2: three in those spots. Yeah, but man, sit there and just think about Duvall. Duvall seems like we were watching him play last season, you know, because he did so much in such a short little yeah. amount of time. It's like, yeah. wait a minute, that was this year? Mm-hmm. And and those are the best eight games of my life. <laughs> best eight games of my life
1: that duval walk off like has potential still to be like highlight real stuff for
2: the year
3: yes mm-hmm. it
1: probably will be
3: yes yeah. it it's felt like playoffs yeah. it felt like that absolutely
2: uh, well uh joey to a little uh a little credit i'm going to put towards dc dc tweeted out in the seventh inning we're walking this one off Mm-hmm, he did, and then oh, all wow. of a sudden, then and then all he of a did. sudden, it was like, wait a minute, and, and as soon as soon as the ball hit that, I was like, are you shitting me? Like, <laughs> like, it, it, let it was me all find DC. it. What,
1: what was the date of that one? Do you guys know? I'll, I'll oh, find, it. I'll find it. it.
2: It was it was game three. It was game three. So
0: for the first one, the second of April.
1: Right, second, the second.
2: Oh yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't April Fool's. It was
1: April second.
2: You're right. But man, I'm,
1: th- I'm honestly, I'm pretty sure that I said a similar thing, and I want to see it. I'm willing to give DC credit. I bet. I bet that you were there before me.
0: <laughs> oh, uh oh.
1: I have to make sure that I was. It there was too. No, it
0: was. It was the first. It's the first. Because uh, the second, the they won by. Like four runs. The first they won by one. The ball hits second two-run home run for walk. Yeah, first. Okay.
2: Uh-oh. Here, here we go. We're having a, an old-fashioned tweet-off. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: you know, it doesn't look like I said it explicitly. Oh. Uh, I didn't, did I? Okay. All right. All right, you win this round, DC. Next time. Next time you oh, watch out.
0: All right, uh, so you uh, know what? I uh, hope you win the next round. <laughs> I do,
1: too, because it means the Sox walked it off. Exactly.
2: Uh, but, yeah, uh, D- DC, the lineup fully healthy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Shoot it. All
0: right, let me pull up, let me pull up my uh, my Apple notes. Um, so I had uh, Verdugo. Devers, as much as I I prefer him in the three hole, um, Turner, Duvall, Yoshida, Story, Kike, Casas, and Maguire. But uh, I agree with um, with Joey. I, I could see if if Duran you know sustains this uh, production. Obviously he's not going to hit 400 like he said. All comes back. I could see them splitting. And like he said about JT, I could see you know the ball taking some you know starts away from him at dh a lot of people do forget you know you read about uh justin Turner. He's, he's a great hitter but a lot of people forget he's 38 you know what i mean he could break down um i mean he's been producing for us you know at a, an all right clip but uh i could see uh him platooning with the ball you know whenever he does get those uh, those off days in center field
2: melissa what about you
3: I hate to be negative and think to myself, will we ever all be healthy? Will we ever have a full healthy team? That's what I wonder. Just saying that that's <laughs> I pretty much agree with you. Joey. know, see, it's just, I wonder, like, what is that like? I would like, to
1: even if you're not, even if you're not, like, you got a guy in Kike who is super, super okay. valuable, although he has been frustrating, that he can play the infield, he can play the outfield, he can play anywhere other than really behind the dish. He could really get on the mound for you if you Mm -hmm. need be. Uh, So the the ability to move him around, you still have Tapia, who we just haven't mentioned in this whole conversation about depth in the outfield and whatever, Mm -hmm. like you still have him too. So even if you're not fully healthy, Mm -hmm. you still have the opportunity to move guys around and make this all work without having to get as deep as Valdez.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Which is... (laughs) I mean, I just can't believe I was believe really
3: excited him. when they brought him up because I really had heard, like, I was like, okay, but no.
1: Spring training was fun. I liked seeing him. <laughs> yeah. But, like, he made it so clear to you that, like, he's not big league ready. He's mm-hmm. just not. Mm-hmm. Some of the things he was doing were were little league. Like, mm-hmm. missing a ground ball because he was reaching for it across his body. Like, this routine grounder. Like I, I tweeted something, and it's like sometimes you you make a tweet and you're like, oh, this will this will land, right? People will know this is a joke, right? And I, I'm not I'm not sure it did, but like it's like put your body in front of the ball. Have you not been told that since you were seven? <laughs> what are you doing? Like do you, do you think that you're like who do you think you are? And he also did some weird things where like when he got into the box, he like tapped the catcher, tapped the umpire, what? tipped his tipped oh, his cap to the Lord. opposing dugout and it's like do oh, you Lord. think that you're Derek Jeter what are you doing <laughs> oh. so like I on top of like wanting the Sox to win I also want to just like enjoy the players and enjoy watching them and like that's a tough first impression yeah. so I would like to not have to like scrounge up guys from Worcester who are like for some reason thinking that they're worthy yeah. of a double tap, a tap the ump, tap the catcher. Yeah,
3: no, no. I
2: don't know about all that. <laughs> okay, Joey, quick question. Who would you rather Okay, you have to watch 9 innings. Okay. Of either Valdez playing second base, mm-hmm. or them giving Jaron Duran a shot at second base.
1: You're going to say Bobby Dalbeck in short. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, I was thinking that, but uh, I I actually I I actually sit there and think that would be that's more punishment with Bob. Stop. I love
1: Bob. Let's just bring back Mark Wahlberg, man. Oh, I
3: love Bob.
1: He's yeah. He's he's also people don't talk about this enough. He's so handsome. So like that's he, part of it. That's something. To more, something to remember in all he this conversation handsome. about him. Mm. I, I sit. What do you call I definitely Brent? remember. Oh, and I
3: even uh, like I, the glasses. They work for him.
2: Uh, I sit there and <laughs> I had to. I had to take this from a great. I had to take it from a great podcast. Throbby D.
1: That is true. <laughs> that is true. Throbby D. Lest we forget. robbing his way through town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, all right. So nine innings of Valdez at second, or what was the second option?
2: Uh, or or we're going to move Jared Duran, where he originally played out for a little bit.
1: I don't remember. ever. Has he ever played second in the bigs?
2: No, no, never second the big. Okay.
1: Well, then it's tough to know. But uh it's weird because he has such a high top speed, but his acceleration and his jump in center has always been ridiculed. I don't know enough or watch, you know, an angle where I can really uh criticize his jump and his first step and whatever. I leave that to the professionals, so like if those guys are criticizing it, all he can bring to the table is that it has been criticized. Uh, so that would lead me to believe he's not the best infielder, right? Um, and I, his top speed has probably bailed him out a few times if his jump isn't the best in center. So I don't know if I want him in the infield based just on those things. Hopefully the answer to your question is I never have to watch either of them <laughs> play the infield.
2: hey uh, ah uh, man it's just it's it's just horrible to sit there like valdez like i i i loved watching him uh for the sox he was he was doing good down there but then all of a sudden i don't know what happened it, it was it was like a train wreck like overall car crashes everywhere and it, it was just horrible yeah, it was tough
1: some of those plays he made the other day it's like you can you start to feel bad for a guy. Cause it's like, you know, he's trying like, mm-hmm. and some of them worked out like that one that was kind of deep in the hole that he ended up throwing a second and he somehow got the guy. It was like, Ugh, okay, I guess that works, but would have been smarter to throw to first. And then that play ended up saving a run. It's like, oh, okay. All right. We'll give you some credit there. That's, that's nice. And it's like, you know, he's, he's trying and he looks like he's moving and you know, he probably feels a little nervous, but, you just wish, you wish that every guy's call up was for the right reason, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, here is our favorite segment on the Pesky Podcast. We play a little fair or foul. Joey, I don't know if, if you're familiar with fair or foul.
1: I have. I was going to say, do you guys have like a little, a little? Uh... Theme song or something, a little sound bite for fair or foul when you announce it? Because I could I could give you one if you want it.
2: Oh oh hook us up, Joey. Hook hook us up. All right, introduce it again. (laughs) Oh well, here we go. This is our this is the favorite segment on the pesky podcast. We're gonna play fair or foul.
1: That's supposed to be a ball getting hit. We feel good about that.
2: (laughs) James. I love it. That, that now, right. now, I, now I just need I'll you to it. sit there and just, just send me that <laughs> send me the little sound bite.
1: Yeah, I will. I'll I'll clip that.
2: So but uh our our first one unfair or foul. The current <laughs> Red Sox outfield is the best in baseball. We're going defense, offense, the overall total package. So Melissa, we're going to start with you. (laughs) Okay. Fair or foul?
3: I'm going to have to say that they're very good. Like, they've been doing well, but I think the best in baseball, that would be foul. I think Tampa has them on that, in my opinion.
2: Ooh. Okay.
3: I hate Tampa, so I hate to say it, but I think we could possibly have it, but... I'm gonna have to go foul on this one, and I, you know, I hate going negative. But.
2: Hey, but you're keeping it straight I'm and keep, real with us. I'm keeping it real. So, DC, I'm, let's hit it. Fair or foul?
0: I'm gonna go foul. Um, I mean, they've been playing well. Yoshida's been tearing it up the last few games to get his uh, his average up. You know, he's been coming up with some big hits, but. I don't think they're the best in MLB. I mean, just think off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there's even better than this, but I mean, think about the Angels outfield. You got Renfro with his arm in right field, Trout with his defense and his bat, and then you have Taylor Ward Warwick. So, um, like I said, three teams out there are better outfields than that, but I I would take the Angels outfield over ours.
2: Wow, okay. Joey? Uh,
0: <laughs> second thought. Well, I mean, Mike, Mike Trout's carrying that the the, the, he's definitely the the anchor of of that statement but uh, i don't think yeah i don't think we're the best
2: okay so we got two fouls joey
1: this is gonna be a foul for me too dude yeah that there's just too many great outfields um you know the first one that comes to mind is uh, the team that i'm a closeted fan of and that's the padres with yeah. soto grisham tatis yeah. now yeah. uh yep. with uh the astros you got your Don mccormick tucker mm-hmm. uh with the braves dude you got rosario harris acuna like there's some there's some crazy outfields out there and yoshi hasn't really proved himself yet You know, he's had big moments, but he hasn't really proved himself yet. And your center field has been a revolving door. Granted, two of the guys who've been part of that revolving door have been 400 hitters. But uh, that's, like, not the same to me as having, like, three solid dudes. But, I mean, your right field is your right field. I mean, I love Alex Verdugo, uh, and he's super strong. But, like, those three teams, to me, stick out more than anybody. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I mean, after them, the list doesn't even stop there. There's even in your own division, you got the Jays, arguably you got the Yankees, the angels, I think is a good answer too. there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams out there and there's a lot of good outfielders out there, especially when you start to talk about, uh, like just production at the plate. So yeah, that's a foul for me.
2: Okay, I'm gonna sit there and throw out some numbers so far, and where they're ranked in each category. The Red Sox outfield—they're they're ranked first in average, with a combined 304 batting average. On base percentage, they're ranked second with 387. Slugging, they're ranked first at a 505. OPS first, 892. They're ranked third in K rate at 16.8. They're ranked 11th at a walk rate, 10.4%. And they're ranked ninth with 13 home runs. That's a pretty, pretty nice outfield at behind the plate there. And of course, it's only the first, uh, first month of the season. I will be the odd man out and I will take production over name value. And I'm going to say fair for the first month of the year. The Red Sox have the best uh, outfield in baseball, production-wise.
0: Damn. It so, got really warm in here.
2: Hey, hey. That's just, that's just because Joey's here.
1: <laughs> Come on now. So hey, I'll take that. I'll right. take those compliments all day.
2: Uh, next up, we're going to go the Red Sox pitching staff is one starting pitcher away from being a contender. We're going to start Ooh, we're going to start with Joey. You talking playoff
0: contender or World
2: Series contender? Uh we're talking wild card. We're fi- we're 500. Let's start baby steps.
1: <clears throat> They're certainly one starter uh, away I mean, from being I'm a wild so card contender. Yeah, if you want to talk about sneaking your way in, there's certainly one starter away from that. Uh, it's, it's, God, this is, answer is so frustrating because I <laughs> I want to just merge Kluber and Sale into one person. I want them to, like, I don't want either of them. Like, I don't want there to be a, a, a hard answer on, like, who has to go. And it sucks that, like, that conversation really is between your one and two.
3: Because mm-hmm. they,
1: they both have been dragging, and who knows if they keep dragging? Who knows if they find it? Blah blah blah. But I, what's what's upsetting is like you have like seven starting pitchers. It's like if you could just take the humanity away. If this was a video game, it would be sick to try out like who's the best in the bullpen. Each of them and then substitute one ace at the top of that rotation. But uh, you don't have the luxury of doing that because these are human people you're talking about, and you're talking about like changing up their whole lives and their whole routine. But I would say adding a starting pitcher is not necessarily what you need right now. It's like you need deeper relief, and you need just a a good pitcher in place of these m- middling ones, like take a couple of middling ones, make them into one good one. So I'm going to say all that considered, that's like such a wishy-washy answer. Ah, Um <laughs> 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 uh, I'll say yes. Cause I think they're right on the verge of it anyway.
2: Okay. We fair. got a fair DC. What about you?
0: I'm going to go – I think we're one away from sneaking in. Uh, Don I was saying, I think we have to shore up some other, you know, areas of uh, need. I think if we get one starting pitcher and get what he said, you know, get the middle relief, the long relief um, in the back end. I'm going to go fair with it. I would like to – I like I said, man, I'm going to be optimistic. I think Kluber and Sale are going to turn it around. Kluber makes me a little bit more nervous just because I think I'm biased and I love Sale, so I'm just trying to hold out all hope. But um, I would say just sneak one starting pitcher, but we would need at least two of the starters of our starters now to you know pick it up to even make any any sort of noise at all in the postseason. You could sneak in, but you could lose that game right away. You know what I mean? And I'm, you know, either Boston Red Sox, you're trying to get past the first wild card game. So I'm gonna go fair to sneak in, but I'd you know done with the bullpen. Obviously, injuries are are hurting us right now, but um, yeah, I'm going to go fair.
2: Okay, two fairs. Melissa, it's all up to you.
3: I'm going to agree and go fair.
2: Okay. I will sit there and be the devil's advocate, and I'll say foul. I think we either need – I think we need more healthy uh, starting rotation than we do – a whole new uh, starting pitcher. Yeah. We got Paxton coming. You know, we, he hasn't pitched in, in how long? I don't think adding one starting pitcher will
1: actually... Is still
0: attached to his body? Yeah.
2: I, I hope
1: so. James Paxton died six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still... We're going <laughs> to wheel his corpse out onto the mound.
0: <laughs> uh but no, uh, I, th- I think just sitting, just sitting on the
2: <laughs> uh, Man, but I sit there and think that that we need more than just the, just the starting pitcher. Uh We got potential to have a great pitching staff. We just got to get them all going at the same time, or at least one of our two aces, our one and twos, one of them has to go. Joey's got to keep betting against Kluber, you know, to, to, to help us out. And, in D.C., you just got to stay away from betting on sale, period. <laughs> so. I, I,
0: I am done. Anything. that sucks, so, man, because I'm a gambling man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> responsible, though. Of course. <laughs>
3: uh.
2: Sometimes. Next up, unfair or foul, the Red Sox will have five all-stars. In come July, five. I, I, it's a lot. I was I was looking at the at the whole lineup. I looked at the starting pitchers and then I passed them by really quick. <laughs> I looked at the bullpen and I'm like, five. It was between four or five. And I said, ah, let's let's be optimistic and and let's see five. So, DC, let's start with you. The Red Sox will have five All Stars in July.
0: I'm gonna go foul. Um, I can name three off the top of my head that I think will will get there: um, Verdugo, Devers, and um, Jansen. I don't I don't see putting himself in a position to be picked for the All-Star game. Um, I hope I'm wrong, obviously, but uh, if I had to guess, I'd say three, maybe four. Um, but yeah, Devers, Verdugo, if Jansen can sneak in there, as you know, he's been tearing it up. But I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go foul with that and say three, you know, at least three, but at the most four.
2: Okay, Melissa, what about you?
3: Foul and exactly. I wrote down the three same players that are possibly going. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's a couple others that I think it's possible, but Verdugo and Danson and uh, Devers for sure. I mean, not for sure. But I really think Verdugo will. I mean, I know Devers is just, that's going to happen. But Jansen possibly and Verdugo possibly.
2: Joey, it's all on you. Boring
1: answer. I had the exact same three. (laughs) No more, no less. All three of them make it. No more than them make it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Unless, unless the only borderline guy in my head is Yoshi if he just finds it. If he I just thought. finds it, but it's already too late for a couple of guys, you know. Like uh, I thought, maybe JT could sneak in, but like being a DH, like you got to come out of the gate and just be hot, hot, hot. Yeah, he wasn't hot, hot, hot. I still think he'll contribute, but not an all-star. I think I think three is really the magic number, and I think
2: DC nailed it. Uh, you, can I throw out Winkowski? Do you, th- do you think Wink, if he keeps going the way he does, he couldn't he, he couldn't get an invite.
1: You know who will vote for Josh Winkowski to make the All-Star Game is my two-year-old son. He is the biggest Josh Winkowski fan on the planet. So he will get one All-Star vote at the very least. (laughs) Okay. Um, Beyond him, I don't know. I mean, will you find yourself on MLB.com voting for Josh Winkowski to get in if he maintains similar numbers?
2: If he maintains, I would love to vote for him. That that I would I, w- I want to support the stash. <laughs> it's it's true. It's a great conversation.
1: You know how much of his success can be attributed to his facial hair,
3: because
1: mm. uh, he does look like a carnival barker now versus <laughs> a homeless man last year, which is quite the upgrade. Uh, but I don't know, man. I mean, I I'm happy with what he's doing, but doesn't just just check your gut, really ask your heart. How do these words sound coming out of your mouth? Josh Winkowski, All-Star. Does that sound right?
2: It, it doesn't sound right.
1: No. Like, that's it. In my mind, it's like, that's it. It's like, it doesn't feel right, doesn't sound right, so it can't possibly be right. It might. It I think might. I Holt was an All-Star, like can, but, yeah. like, you know, who knows?
2: What was that, DC?
0: And don't they usually take a lot of, like, back-end guys, like, setup guys, closers? I mean, it'd be tough to be a long relief. I mean, I know he's good. As much as it'd be cool to see him up there, I just I just don't see it happen- happening.
1: It's also a matter of him maintaining these numbers until then.
0: Or not mm-hmm. these numbers, but
1: similar ones. And, like, I think we forget how quickly a, a reliever's ERA can just get screwed up. Like, look at Blyer's numbers before and after that five-run inning. Yep. Like, yep. it is nuts. Like, look at Caleb Ort's numbers before and after, uh, you know, that, that Grand Slam inning, that two-homer inning. It is crazy. So, like, Wink really needs one bad outing to be, you know, to have his numbers look oh, really, really bad. They, they do change quick. So, um. Yeah, yeah he's not near the top that. of my list. And as far as the lineup goes, I don't think anybody else really, really now, it, for first spot there.
2: The, the only other person I could think of would be uh, Masa. And the, that's if he keeps, you know, going the trajectory that he is going right now. So, yeah. And our last fair or foul question, Trevor's story will be back in Boston before the all-star break. So, let's start with Melissa. What are you thinking?
3: I think foul. I think it'll be after the all-star break, but I don't know. I haven't even, like, looked to see where he's at at this point, so.
2: Uh, he, he was supposed to be starting to take a little batting practice, wasn't he? Yeah, he
3: was. Yeah, he was. I knew he was doing that, but I don't know how much of that he has to do, like, how the healing with that goes. I know it's a newer thing, right? Like, a newer procedure, in healing time,
1: I think it's still a couple of weeks till he's swinging a bat. I think they said three weeks out till he's swinging.
2: Gotcha. So you're looking at what the middle middle end of yeah. Play? So he's gonna
0: he's gonna start throwing in two weeks. He'll start hitting in four. Yeah, and that was okay. as of two days ago.
2: And, and and then he has how many uh. How long is he going to be in rehab assignments down there? So, it, it it's a possibility. If I
0: spent a week or two down there, at least.
2: So, but Melissa, so you're saying foul? Okay. Hey, foul.
0: hey, Hey, I maybe one ex- day.
2: <laughs> what was that, DC? Okay. <laughs> yeah, couldn't said it better myself, my man. So, Joey, fair or foul? Sure say, or I, I didn't
0: hear you. You say DC?
2: Yeah, I, I I didn't hear what you what you said. All I heard was maybe one day.
0: I swear to God, it's whenever we have we have any gap, yeah, just doesn't want to work. Um, I'm gonna go uh, foul. I'd say uh, shortly after all star break, if everything goes well, as far as there's no setbacks, um, everything goes well as far as, as, far as, as rehab stuff like that. I'm going to go foul. I think uh, all-star breaks a little optimistic. Obviously, we'd love to have him back before then, but uh, I'm going to go foul. I'd say I'd say early August, you know, as an optimistic. Joey, yeah.
1: my, my timeline on Trevor has changed a ton only based off of what people have told me and not, you know, me specifically. I just mean, like, what the media has told us and, like, what the headlines have been and, and whatever. So I I originally believed he was out for the year. And then I would believe, I believed it would be like, Oh, maybe he'll sneak back in in September. If they're in the race, I was like, Oh, maybe he'll come back a little bit earlier. And now the fact that like, we're sitting here talking, like having a real debate about the all-star break is blowing my mind. So I just wanted to throw that out there first, but I think it's going to be right at the, as of this moment, just based off of what we heard, uh, that Melissa, that you brought up that, uh, you know, people are, um, uh c- kind of talking about um uh when he's going to be swinging and when he's going to be doing his rehab stuff. I would bet on like immediately after the all-star break. So technically this is going to be a foul for me.
2: Okay. Well, I will actually agree with all you guys. I don't have them coming back until August. But if we are still at 500 team, I possibly don't even see it, see them pushing him to come back and hurry him at all this season. There there's there'd be no point. There be you know for him to sit there and come back and hurry him. Let him take off the whole season, make sure he's 100% healthy and you know come back next year. So I will also say foul on that segment on that question. So that was fair or foul. So <clears throat> I, I I love that segment that DC and I came up with. Uh it, it's kinda like kinda debate. We've had some great questions, some great debates uh on here. So we're gonna we're gonna swing it around to some final closing thoughts. Um Melissa, let's start with you. Uh some closing thoughts coming up
3: Um, um excited to watch baseball again tomorrow because it was not very fun having a day off for me <laughs> so um yeah I'm glad thank you all for having me on again and thank you joey it was awesome i'm a huge fan of itm so yeah i've even bought y'all's merch so you yeah. <laughs> know appreciate that really know,
2: appreciate so, it
3: yeah so i'm just uh glad to be here
2: hey you're willing to come back on anytime melissa you know that So, D.C., you're up.
0: Yeah, I don't have too much. Uh, Obviously, thank you, Timo, for coming on again. Obviously, you're more than welcome. Come on, whatever you please. Um, Joey, thank you for giving us your time. I really appreciate it. We're all big fans of uh, what you guys do. Um, I've been listening to Jared and Steve since, you know, they did Section 10 for Have somebody that's connected to them and obviously you're very knowledgeable you're you know seem like a really cool dude so really appreciate you taking the time and you know join our podcast and you know talk some red Sox baseball um other than that uh i mean we're a month into the season obviously we're not i mean i don't really really think we're really not we're we're, we're projected you know we're 500 going into the season it could have gone any either way you know you're looking at compared us to the two thousand thirteen team, you know, with that grit and stuff, but you know, injuries happen, stuff like that. I'm happy I'm excited to see what happens in the next month. You know, talk to me maybe in the beginning of June, but I'm just excited that baseball is back. I'm I love Red Sox. Love to talk with you guys, you know, so just excited to be here. Joey,
2: I some closing thoughts from you because I know Steve is gonna be uh Coming after you because it's past your curfew.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm out past the the street lights coming on. So, you know, I heard the dinner bell ring, and golly be, I might get a whooping when I get home. I feel Uh, like it's
3: opposite. I feel like you would have to keep (laughs) Steve, like you know, Steve's a child in.
1: No, ain't no (laughs) shot. No, (laughs) it might seem that way, but no, our dynamic is big time. Him like reeling me in. And being like, what are you doing? You can't be doing that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, that being said, thank you guys really for having me on. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, happy to be here. And this is a really good time hanging out, talking socks, relaxed atmosphere here, just chilling out. Feel like I'm hanging in DC's basement because I can't stop looking at the basement <laughs> ceiling above your head. And I, I just feel like I'm yes, hanging yes. out in your basement there, right now. Some... <laughs> yeah, benching on that on that rack right there. I'm
0: a three-month-old baby and, uh, and a five-year-old stepdaughter. Oh. So it's a little nuts upstairs. And we're getting ready to go to the beach tomorrow. So they're all excited to run. Oh, the baby's not running around, but the five-year-old's bouncing off the walls up there. How... I hate oh, it, man. I feel like I'm luck. in a damn dungeon.
1: It looks good. (laughs) It looks good. It feels like I'm there, too. It feels like we're all hanging out in the the basement, just (laughs) talking socks together, hanging out. Uh, And God bless you.
3: Drinking. What were we drinking? Two kids under five.
1: Tonight? What am I drinking? Yeah. What are we drinking tonight? Um, So tonight I've got a a Gosling's Dark and Stormy. I've got the Black Cherry version. They've got three flavors out now to add some tropical flavor to your favorite Dark and Stormy cocktails. Of course, the Black Cherry, the Mango, and the Pineapple. Get them now at Fenway Park or at ReserveBar.com. With code SHIPGOSLINGS, you can get 10% off and free shipping. I actually don't know if it's 10% off, so don't quote me on that. But no, thank you guys for real for having me on. And uh, and go socks. That's kind of my main thought right now is go socks. I'm Sox. with you, Melissa. I hate off days. Mm-hmm. Off days that are inconvenient because sometimes an off day is like nice. You can hang with the fam, maybe schedule a day for the beach, do uh-huh. whatever. An off day where you got nothing planned is horrendous. You're just sitting around like wishing that there were some socks on. I watched the Padres earlier because, again, I'm a closeted fan. And uh four or five innings in, I was like, you know what? Don't care not the socks don't care oh. uh, that's not true I watched the whole thing but I <laughs> wished it was the socks the whole time so uh you know uh, I appreciate you guys having me on and if you're asking my my prediction here for this this year Guardian series I think socks win this series.
3: yeah I agree.
2: Well let's hope so uh Joey once again thanks for coming on uh I was sitting there and I told DC a while ago. Section ten was kind of like the the reason we started this podcast. Uh, now with Jared doing his thing, you and Steve doing yours. Uh, you know, it's I, I love I love listening to you guys, uh, and you you guys are the inspiration of this podcast. So, thank you for that. Thank you for coming on, and man, hopefully we can get you get you to come back on again.
1: Absolutely, would love to. You guys have my info, so. Reach on out and uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on.
2: Yeah, so right. thanks for sitting there, and stopping, and listening to the yeah, pesky podcast. Yeah. Uh, remember, follow us on Twitter, they're going to our profile, hit link tree, sub us on YouTube for DC and Melissa and the writ. Thanks for stopping by the pesky podcast.